Hello, folks. This is Rico. And before we get started on the podcast today, I just want to talk to you real briefly about GoDaddy.com. I've bought a lot of uh, web domain names uh, over the years, and GoDaddy has some great offers, really excellent hosting packages, and and just all-around great service. I've used them for quite a long time. And they've also supplied some codes for listeners to Treks in Sci-Fi. So if you want to get a domain name or get some web hosting going, go check them out. And the codes you can use are US Trek 1, US Trek 2, US Trek 3, and US Trek 20. Just try the right code or all the codes to see which gives you the best discount. So check out GoDaddy.com and get on the web. Program complete. Enter when ready. Another edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, everyone. I'm Rico, your host uh, for podcast 247 for October the 4th, 2009. We're going to have a classic kind of Treks in Sci-Fi show today. We're going to be looking at uh, a Trek episode. We're going to be looking at an Enterprise episode from the second season of that uh, series. The episode's called Singularity, and it's a lot of fun. It's a real cool episode. It reminds me of a few things that, that they did on Next Generation and, and Deep Space Nine, but we'll talk about that more as I get into the show. Also, uh, I've got some news about some TV and movies and Trek talk, uh, of course. I've got a few new sponsors for the show, like you heard at the beginning there, to talk about, and uh, all kinds of fun and sci-fi geeky goodness. So sit back, relax, and uh, here we go with the podcast. Again, welcome everyone to today's podcast for Treks in Sci-Fi. Really thank you and appreciate it uh, for uh, all of you to take uh, some time out of your busy lives. And maybe you're driving, maybe you're working at your computer, maybe you're doing some exercise with your iPod plugged in to your ears with those funky little bad earbuds. You know, they really should improve those someday. You know, I like some of the Apple products and uh, the iPods especially, and but those earbuds really stink. <laughs> you know, they could they could up them, you know, maybe five bucks more of, of value into there and probably make them, you know, ten times better. Anyway, I don't know why I talked about that, but anyway. Um, so the podcast, uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Last week's show was kind of a, a different one. I did that video cast about uh, Trek fan films. You know, the purpose of that was, again, just to give you a broad overview of what's out there, show you some clips, uh, and talk about the shows just a little bit, at least the ones that I've seen more of. 
Uh, and I, I try not to say a whole lot on that show because I'd like you to make up your own minds and go check those things out. It was more to get the information out there and, and to show you what the fans are working on and what they've put out. And it, it's really amazing, really, the ingenuity and the and the passion that people have to do this stuff. I, I frankly wish I had more time uh, and, and, you know, if I was rich and, and had all the time in the world, I, I'd probably buy some, you know, good camera equipment, find some little empty warehouse somewhere, build some sets and make my own little movie. But uh, that uh, isn't in the works for me right now. Still looking for uh, that elusive job. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but there's a few things that are kind of percolating. Percolating? Is that the way you say that word? You know what coffee does, right? But uh, so I, I've got some positive uh, feelings, you know, uh, disturbance in the force. Well, is it, if it's a disturbance in the force, can it be good and bad? I don't know. Oh, I'm kind of in a goofy mood. I'm drinking some Snapple Mango Madness this morning, which has got about, uh, you know, 800 uh, scoops of sugar in it. Let me see what the calorie, what are the calories on this? Let's see, there's 2.5 servings per container. Uh, oh, it looks like they've got it figured for the bottle. So it's 260 calories. Who cares anyway, right? Why am I talking about Snapple drinks? I don't know. Anyway, what has been going on with me this past week? I've been doing uh, some web work for my son. He's got a uh, job fair, my oldest son, coming up this week at MSU. So I've been helping put together a website uh, for him, like I did at rickdosty.com, something similar for him. If anyone out there is still interested or would like a website, I, I work pretty quickly and pretty cheaply, I think. And uh, if you want more information about that, I haven't mentioned it, I think, in a while, just go over to radvisions, R-A-D, visions, with an S, dot com. That's my little uh, website uh, making business. There's some examples of my work there. I've done some for, uh, you know, friends of the podcast and for other people. And I think it gives you a pretty good look at uh, what I can do. I've got a few things that are in the pipe and that I'm going to be working on for other people. But, uh, again, I'd be interested if you would like a website, even some just little personal blog you want to get going, but you don't have the tools or you need a little hosting for it, just uh, shoot me an email let me know. Affirmative. Well, it's, uh, it's really, really uh, difficult to keep up on all the cool new TV returning shows. I, I talked about this before, I think a couple of weeks back. Uh, you know, and I even think I talked a little bit about it on the video cast last week. Yeah, before we got started with the um, fan film talk, I am barely keeping up with getting all the shows for one week watched before the next week comes on. Although there's still a couple that I'm kind of eh, might not might not keep watching. I, I don't really care for that new vampire show that much, The Vampire Diaries. Eastwick is okay, but it seems too similar to Desperate Housewives and that kind of stuff. And I don't know there. It hasn't really grabbed me that much. Uh, a couple of shows that really have grabbed me, though, are Flash Forward. I'm, I'm really enjoying that quite a bit. And actually, there's a couple of new comedies on ABCs, on uh, which aren't really geek-related, I guess. But there's one called The Middle with Patricia Heaton and uh, that actor who played the janitor on Scrubs. That one's kind of a funny show. I like that. And uh, another new sci-fi show that just started on this past Friday night uh, Stargate Universe started, and uh, it I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit different than the previous two Stargates, Atlantis and SG-1, which I, I watched both those shows, enjoyed those quite a bit. This one's a little more dark and gritty. People are calling it, you know, kind of like they mushed up 
Battlestar Galactica with Stargate and came up with this. It's just the first episode. They have the two-hour premiere on Friday. You can watch that, uh, a repeat of that streaming uh, on the Sci-Fi website, syfy.com. Although I think they still have syfi.com. It probably redirects you to syfy, sci-fi, sci-fi now. (laughs) Anyway, you can watch that uh, premiere streaming if you missed it on Friday. Friday, there was a ton of sci-fi on the air there was that there was dollhouse smallville which both those shows are kind of eh. this season so far hasn't been the greatest for either in my opinion uh this uh smallville especially is kind of really getting me down i don't uh, although the a couple things happened in the most recent episode which hopes i hope puts it a little bit more like it was and a little more on track uh what else and then the clone wars came back Season 2 of that Star Wars uh, animated series, which I I really enjoyed Season 1. I thought there was some great stuff. Actually, uh, speaking of that, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about the Clone Wars uh, animated series, uh, the Season 1 primarily. That'll be in two weeks on the podcast, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But the Season 2 show was an hour. They did kind of like two episodes back-to-back, kind of a... uh, you know, they they really were one storyline, just kind of continued, and probably in the future when they break it up, it, it could still be two separate episodes, but uh, they have this new bounty hunter villain, uh, Cad Bane, I think is his name. He's kind of styled after an Old West guy who wears a big hat. Uh, he's, he's supposed to be, you know, super good, super tough. Uh, well, good at being a bounty hunter, I should say. Seems to be able to handle himself against Jedi and and outwit the uh, those guys, so uh, he, he's a good character. I am enjoying it. The only difficulty, and other people I have heard had the same issue, was that in the first episode, uh, this two-hour, or excuse me, season two, one-hour premiere, there was some audio problems. I watched it at the on the Cartoon Network's HD channel, and the, there was a problem with the music, the sound effects, basically everything but the dialogue track of audio was exceedingly like high, and the audio for the dialogue was very low. And so there were scenes where there was really loud music or, or a lot of explosions and battles, which this is Star Wars, so that happens a lot. It was very hard to make out the dialogue. I, I thought at first it was my recording, but then I heard from other people online that they had the same trouble. I'm going to try to watch it and record it again tonight and see if it's improved. I heard the standard, the SD version of it, might be okay, so maybe it was something just uh, related to the HD broadcast. I don't really see how that stuff happens. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I guess the accidents and problems can happen occasionally. But I was a little surprised that it actually happened for the whole hour. Usually when there's glitches in audio or, or video during a broadcast, somebody who's sitting there actually watching it, you know, he'll catch it at some point and, and he'll fix it. So I don't know what what happens. You know, do they just click a button and then walk away or, or whatever? So it was kind of annoying. I still watched it, and uh, you know, with Star Wars, it's amazing how well you can just follow it and the action and the story really without hearing a lot of the dialogue. It's it's pretty obvious what's going on. So, but that show, I, I thought they did a great job with the premiere, except for the audio, and uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So, and every you know, all the other stuff has really been fun. Flash Forward is really intriguing. I'm enjoying that and. What else? Uh, Fringe is really good still. I'm liking the season so far on that. Heroes is okay. I'm good with that. Uh, Big Bang Theory is is still a lot of fun. A very funny show. Uh, All the geeks and nerds out there should be watching that on Monday nights on CBS. Uh, Just a ton of stuff to see 
and uh, and of course Dexter is back. I saw seasons uh, the first episode of season four. It's not sci-fi, but one of my favorite shows right now, and I, I love that show. Dexter is such a a complex, interesting character. It's uh, really if you like that kind of uh, you know complex drama, and you're not you don't have a problem with certain violence and language. This is a cable show on Showtime. Definitely check out Dexter. You know, go through though. Don't start in season four. You'd really be doing yourself a disservice. Go back and rent or buy season one and work your way through. Uh, that's about it on TV that I wanted to cover. I'm now going to play a promo. Rick Moyer, one of the good friends of the podcast, has sent in a ton of things over the years. You know, all of his parody songs and other comments about episodes. He's got a new uh, audio project, a, a CD that he's working on that will soon be available online. It's called Stargazer, and he sent me a promo for it. So listen to Rick's promo for his project called Stargazer. Imagine walking outside, finding a comfortable place to lay down, and then gazing up at the night sky. You put your earphones on, and you're instantly taken with the stars with music that launches you into space. I'm Rick Moyer, and that's exactly what my new CD is designed to do. Not only is it cool atmosphere music, but it's meant to watch the stars with. It's called Stargazer, and it'll soon be available for purchase on CD or download on iTunes and Amazon. There's 13 tracks of digital stereo music for your enjoyment. From Apollo 14 taking off into orbit to radio emissions from Saturn. Over an hour and ten minutes of music that will help you watch the stars. It's coming soon, as well as the launch of a brand new website with extra content and alternate versions of the songs. And the making of the Stargazer CD podcast. If all goes well, I'm shooting for an October 26, 2009 release date. Just in time for Christmas. So... I hope that you will enjoy a copy of it. Get ready for Stargazer, a collection of songs to watch the stars with. Yeah, that really sounds great, Rick. Uh, thanks so much for sending in that promo and letting me know about your new project called Stargazer. I'm a kind of a little amateur astronomer. I, I had a telescope growing up. I have a pretty nice big one now, even though I don't get in Michigan enough of a chance to where the weather is good to use it. It's either too hot, too cold, too foggy, too overcast, whatever. But when I do, uh, it sounds like it would be great to have my iPod on my pocket and listening to your CD. Um, I'm really looking forward to listening to the whole thing. So uh, I'm not sure what Rick's new website will be called, stargazer.com. I'm not sure if that's it. But anyway, I'm sure you can find everything you need to know and 
info on his upcoming project over at MoyerMultimedia.com uh, or even Christ Rocks or Take Him With You, all of his websites. Uh, you guys have heard him before. So anyway, thanks for the promo, Rick. Working. Working. Okay, there are a few Trek-related stories that I wanted to talk about. Still not a lot of uh, words or talks or articles about the uh, the next uh, Trek movie. of uh, The cast, John Cho, is in that new uh, Flash Forward TV show. He's saying that the cast, he's very excited to get a, you know, get a script going and get going on the next film. J.J. Abrams is still saying it's just being started to uh, being discussed and talked about in the story. He's still being kind of coy about whether he'll direct uh, the next uh, Trek movie. I, I'm betting that he actually will, as long as he's got he can handle it project-wise with whatever else he has going on. He in most of the interviews and everything I've heard JJ say, he really enjoyed working and directing the movie. He enjoyed the cast. The cast seemed to enjoy his work, and I think they had a great time together. And I can't see him, you know handing that over to someone else. I, I think he did a very good job directing the movie, and, and I could definitely see him coming back and doing that. So, uh, But uh, he does have a couple things, uh, other projects going on. There's a new uh, project, a spy show. You know, J.J. Abrams uh, had a show called Alias that aired for several years on ABC. Really enjoyed it. Jennifer Garner uh, as this spy, uh, Sidney Bristow. Great show. Really cool. Uh, if you've never seen it, go check it out. It's all out on DVD. Anyway, he's uh, he's got a, uh, a story and idea for a new spy show. This is about a, uh, a husband-wife spy team. I haven't heard a lot about it. You know, there are going to be comparisons to that uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie. Why am I blanking out on the name? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which actually was a, uh, a TV pilot uh, with Scott Bakula, uh, believe it or not. Check out uh, YouTube for some clips from that sometime. But uh, I'm not sure how much that uh, that idea is going to be incorporated in what J.J.'s coming up with. He always comes up with unique things and puts a lot of weird mystery into them as well. So uh, the I'm not sure which network ended up. There was a kind of a bidding. Oh, I guess it's NBC. I'm just reading here now over at trekmovie.com that NBC was the one that picked up the idea uh, for this show. Uh, and what uh, he's, uh, I don't know if there's a name for it yet. Uh, but anyway, we'll keep an eye on this as it, uh, you know, comes, you know, more and more information comes out on it. I'm not sure when it's supposed to happen either. Uh, but it does sound intriguing. I'd really like to see another cool spy drama on the air uh, from the mind of J.J. and his company and that. I think they do a great job on those things. And uh, it's uh, really cool, I think. Anyway, what else did I want to say Trek-related? Oh, uh, I did a podcast a long time ago, gosh, more than a year ago in the 150s. I think it was 158, and the only reason I know that is I put another post up under that podcast on the forum recently. Uh, Gene Roddenberry did some other uh, TV show pilots uh, after the original Star Trek series. Uh, One was called Genesis 2. He did another one, kind of a follow-up to that, called Planet Earth. Well, they're finally going to release these. I think it's this week. They're coming out on DVD. So I did a podcast about those and a couple other pilots that uh, Gene did. 
uh, again, uh, quite a while back in the Treks in Sci-Fi archives. But you should, uh, you know, check these out on Netflix or wherever you rent DVDs or just purchase them. They're pretty cool, I think, and uh, there's some neat concepts in there. I think the stories in both of these are pretty good, and they're well worth watching. Of course, they look a little dated. You know, these were made back in the early 70s. So, you know, keep that in mind. He did another one called Quester, the Quester Tapes, uh, about an android, which always reminded me as much uh, as a very uh, precursor to data on TNG, although the Quester Tapes is not one that's being released yet. But I'm sure if these do well, we'll get... uh, Gene has a few other pilots. There's another cool one uh, with Robert Culp called Spectre or Spectres or Spectre. I think it was just called Spectre. I can't recall exactly if it had an S on the end. But that was kind of a, a, a more of a mystical magic, and a, that one's really difficult to explain. It's been actually a long time since I've seen it. But that one isn't one of these either. It's just Genesis 2 and Planet Earth coming out this week on DVD from Gene's uh, uh, pilot movie uh, archive. So it's cool to see that stuff happen, and I hope it happens with some older sci-fi TV shows too that haven't made it to... Uh, the air yet so or or i should say not to the air but to dvd next up i want to play a uh i've got one other promo here and then we're going to get into the enterprise episode because we're already like heck 20 minutes in so we definitely have to move along uh what you're going to hear next is another uh production g or gene (laughs) sorry gene roddenberry confusing jen from our forums who uh, definitely has participated a lot she does the rpg and she does a great uh, podcast of her own with Angela, her friend, called the Anomaly Podcast. Uh, she is involved with a new production. This is a Star Wars radio drama, and she's uh, working on this with a lot of other people. Uh, it is. Well, I'll give you the details of where you can find it later after I play the, this uh, promo trailer clip. It's about four minutes long. Actually, I probably wanted to say much because I'm sure they mentioned their website. But the the biggest thing today that I wanted to talk about. This is going to be released in parts and the first part of this star wars radio you know uh, I, I i don't know why i'm saying radio it's not really radio it's internet so what do we call that star wars uh audio drama let's just call it that uh, anyway it's called in in the shadows and i think that's the full title i have to check that while i'm playing the clip anyway here you go with the creative audio scapes production the star wars audio drama in the shadows Your father was a great man, great brother. What did they tell you of his death? Officially, they told me he died during a rebel raid at Fondor. You know, the Empire doesn't deal with terrorists. It may have some rebel connections. Oh, I hate those fragging rebels. (laughs) My name is Xander Voros. Uh, Emma Wermis. Nice to meet you, Xander. A future officer, wow. (laughs) And a female at that. No offense, but I hear women are rare in the military. You and your lady need to follow us outside. Listen, those two thugs, as you call them, are Black Sun agents, and they're waking up. If you want to live to see tomorrow, you'll come with me. The two speeders chasing us. They've called for reinforcements. I could really use your luck right about now. Miss Voros. Welcome to my modest skyhook, the Faleen's Fist. My name is Shizor. I know who you are. My brother told me enough about you. 
Emma's father was assigned to a secret project at the Empire. Secret projects? What are you hiding from me, Palpatine? The Death Star is almost ready for launch, but key components were destroyed during a rebel attack on the latest convoy. The Organas are behind this attack. Soon I will dismantle the Senate. Senator Organa and all the Rebel Alliance leaders will be at our mercy. This can't be from a blaster fight. Yeah, you're right. The angles are too linear for blaster fire. What happened here? You two, come with me. <laughs> Don't you see, Emma? See what? He is a Jedi. What? No, the Jedi are extinct. They're gone. Black Sun and the Empire on our tail? Oh, nice going, big brother. Buckle up. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. It'll have to be if we're gonna evade those two Star Destroyers. Listen to me, Emma. We don't have a choice. It's us or them. Shields are at 25%. Please. She's an Imperial officer's daughter? Major, I don't want to lose Cannon on our team for tomorrow's assault. How can we trust her? We'll end up with blaster holes in our backs. You rebel scum. You'll regret this. Besides project names, I've got nothing. I'll mirror the entire terminal on my data pad. Um... Oh, that's bad. Torres! We need to go right Griffin now! We're under heavy fire. We've got seven stormies left. Make that six. And surprisingly, they're good shots. Ascanas indicate new enemy contacts. X-Wing fighters. Go Squadron, this is Leader. You heard the Providence. Line up for your runs and fire all torpedoes. Let's blow this base and get the hell out of here. That Star Destroyer is right on top of us! This is your destiny! No! Visit creativeaudioscape.com for more information about Star Wars In the Shadows. An audio drama produced by Creative Audioscape Productions. Coming soon. Wow, you know, I'm, I'm always so amazed and, and just blown away by the talent that's out in the, you know, internet and the world of, of fans and people that do these things. You know, I talked about the Trek fan films and this Star Wars audio drama here in the shadows. It's, it, it's really incredible, and people are, you know, I think the, the point is that people that really love this stuff and are kind of passionate about it, and just enjoy doing it for that. Uh, really, it comes through in what they do, and uh, the the quality of that uh, promo there is amazing. And they released again the first part of this. It's going to be uh, coming out in six parts, I think. Just go over to the link creativeaudioscape.com uh, to learn more. The first part came out today. It looks like they're releasing them every two weeks uh, from now, and it looks like it'll take them pretty much through the end of this year. Every two weeks, six parts, uh, so about 12 weeks worth to get through. But it looks, uh, again, incredible. I'm really impressed by the quality of the audio and, and the acting, too, and the and the voice work. You guys are doing a great job. I, I, I just can't wait. to. I haven't listened to the to all of it yet. I've just listened to that promo a couple of times, and I, I, I really i have got the uh, 
first part downloaded. I'm going to listen to it later as I'm editing my own podcast. Anyway, so um, check it out. No. Come on. (laughs) Pretend like we're missing it. I'm not singing. We're not. No, I'm not singing. You record it. And you could say that right there and that would be funny. I know. That's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) I'm creating comedy. (laughs) I'm trying to create comedy. Yes. Well, no, I'm trying to create comedy like right now. I know. That's that's funny. That's funny. I'm helping you create comedy. This is Angela. And this is Jen. We're from the Anomaly Podcast. You're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. Science Officer's Log, August 14th, 2152. Enterprise remains on course for the Trinary System. I've transmitted a distress call, but the nearest Vulcan ship is more than nine days away. By the time they arrive, they may only find debris, if that. Even if Enterprise makes it past the black hole without being destroyed, it seems likely the crew won't survive. Okay, this uh, little intro bit that you heard there is from the beginning of the episode, uh, Trek episode we're going to be talking about today from Enterprise's second season, early in the second season. The name of the episode is called Singularity. Uh, The basics of this episode are the Enterprise is in an area that's near a trinary star system. One of the uh, stars in the system they discover is an actual, or is a black hole, and as the Enterprise gets in closer to it, they, the crew starts to act kind of strange. And, you know, this is one of those episodes you could kind of put this episode in those categories of some kind of weird space phenomenon out there makes the crew start to act a little wacky. The, the, the cool part about that concept always for the different shows that have done it uh, of uh, Trek over the years is you get to get kind of an insight into the characters, almost like, you know, a little different side of their personality, kind of a little bit more about what they're like and what they, you know, goes through their minds. It comes out in this episode, and that's one of the reasons why I selected it and picked it for this week's look at, uh, or this pick for a Trek episode to look at. An Enterprise, I think, is just a very underrated uh, Trek series. I, I really enjoyed it when it was on the air and was very sad and upset. And what it was actually one of the reasons I started the podcast right after Enterprise was canceled. Uh, so it, there's a lot of good Trek there to watch. And if you've, uh, you know, kind of not for some reason ever watched a lot of Enterprise, uh, if you remember on the forum, I have this episode up now streaming there in a the little flash uh, player window uh, in the fun stuff area. If you want to watch that for the next week or so, it'll be up there. So if you're not a forum member, you, that's another reason you should sign up. Uh, but you can check out the episode if you have never seen it or if you just haven't seen it in a while. Uh, here's another clip as we go through. I'm not going to uh, play the whole episode. I thought for a change I haven't done it in a while. I'm just going to play clips and comment as we go. So here's a little more about singing. Singularity, And a lot of these clips from these uh, different parts in the episode relate to the different characters and what they're going through as this uh, radiation from this area of space that they're in starts to affect and impact their uh, personalities. Two days should provide you with ample opportunity. 
It's not that I haven't had the time. They only asked for a page. How am I supposed to sum up my father's life in a page? Would have been easier if they'd asked me to write the book. Perhaps by focusing on one incident, a single event that exemplifies your relationship with your father, you'll be able to condense your thoughts. Logical approach. Maybe you'd like to write it for me? I'm hardly qualified. I should have said uh, this episode, too, is uh, is written by a gentleman named Chris Black, uh, directed by uh, Patrick Norris. The uh, writer, uh, Chris Black, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, was was uh, he was responsible for coming up with a few episode concepts and wrote a few episodes over the course of Enterprise. Uh, I recognize his name. I think he worked on maybe some of the other Trek series as well. Uh, anyway, uh, that clip that I just played for you was a scene kind of early in the episode between T'Pol and Archer, of course. Archer was asked to to write this little preface for a book about his father, of course, who worked on the engine uh, that went into Enterprise, the Warp 5 engine. And uh, he's having difficulty with it. He, you know, he said there in the clip, you know, I only have a page. That they only wanted me to write a page. And, of course, talking about your father in just a page is kind of hard for him. And it becomes increasingly hard in this episode. And that's the little thing he kind of focuses on. And T'Pol's there trying to kind of help him out. And and actually, she's there around to try to help most of the crew out. Because in this episode, like so many others, the Vulcan is not really affected by what's going on. She just watches where all the crazy humans and Denobulin, uh, the Dr. Flocks, you know, start to become increasingly strange and weird and, and start to obsess over very little you know, minutia uh, that they're working on and, and uh, involved with in this uh, particular episode. And this is kind of like uh, a, a couple episodes, another one like Data's Day, for example. The other thing you get to get a feel for in this episode that I like is you get a feel for how the crew goes about their days, what they work on a little bit more. Uh, the episode is is better at balancing showing all the characters in the cast and the crew rather than just focusing on maybe like the captain and to Paul and and maybe Trip or whatever. Everyone gets to do a little bit of something in this episode, and that's another reason why I kind of like it. I, I enjoy those episodes where they use more of the ensemble of the cast rather than just focusing on a few. Although those are good too, and and each has its place. I just I always wished in just about every Trek series that there were more episodes where they could do this kind of thing, bring everyone into the episode a little bit more than just a couple of the characters. If anything, I'd always say that that was one of the weaknesses. You know, it's kind of a you know a truth of just about every really TV series, not just Trek. You get a couple of main characters, especially on big shows that have like eight, nine, ten characters or more. You know, Lost, it happens on these days. They've got so many characters on there. Heroes is the same thing. They, it, It's nice to have such a big cast, but there are episodes where you, heck, there are episodes you don't even see some of the other characters. Star Trek didn't have that happen, a, you know, not a huge amount. I mean, they, they usually try to at least show the characters a little bit more all the time. I, I'm speaking more probably from the TNG era on. But it, it is a problem to write stories. You know, we, we do an RPG 
on the forum. There, there's a lot of fan fiction and stuff on the web. And, you know, any kind of writing of, of, of any sort, it, it's difficult to manage a large cast of characters in a story uh, of any kind. And it's a lot more complicated. And you don't want them to just be in there, you know, as tokens. And they actually get to do quite a bit in this episode. So that's one of my, um, one of the appeals that it has for me. Crew's response has been admirable. But I feel we can do better, sir. And you have a proposal? I've been thinking about a ship-wide emergency alert. Something a bit more comprehensive than battle stations. We're taking far too long to react to potential threats. With a single order from you, or an impact to the hull, the plating could be polarized, weapons brought online, critical systems secured. I appreciate your concern, Malcolm, but this isn't a warship. Well, that's obvious, sir. During our last run-in with the Suliban, we were unprepared for their boarding parties. When the Mazarites attacked, they disabled our aft sensors with their first shot. The list goes on. I can see that. Run this by the senior officers. Get some feedback. And we'll talk again. Yes, sir. And Malcolm? Don't call it battle stations. Think of something less aggressive. So there we see or hear uh, Reed and Archer discussing this idea. You know, our, uh, Reed's the kind of tactical officer, security officer on Enterprise. And one of the things that sort of gets to him and starts to, he starts to work on this uh, in this episode is this idea of, you know, the battle stations having this alert status that the uh, ship could be put into if something starts to happen to make everyone a little more prepared. And the nice thing about this is it sort of leads to the idea of, of like, yellow alert, red alert. They even there's a little joke. I don't know if I have a clip of it, but there's a little joke in here where... Uh, where Reed is saying there's an idea where he might call it Reed Alert, which sort of sounds like Red Alert, which is kind of a nice play on words there. And uh, I like that they took, you know, the idea that, that Starfleet maybe didn't have this in place yet and that uh, during this and, and what Reed starts to work on kind of really obsessively in this episode is this idea of this special tactical uh, status or alert state, you know, situation that if the ship was being attacked or something was happening, that it would start to, uh, you know, close bulkheads, charge the weapons, whatever, uh, and get everyone ready in case there was an emergency. So I, I like how they blended that in. Well, you'll be happy to know I moved the captain's chair down to engineering, so it's nice and quiet on the bridge now. I prefer to work here. I'll need your assistance with this. Weren't you listening to me? I don't have time to cater to your whims. You want to get your name immortalized in the Vulcan database? Get someone else to help you do it. Are you feeling all right, Commander? I know you don't think this chair is important, but you're wrong. What's the most critical component on this ship? The main computer? The warp reactor? Huh. It's the crew. And the most important member of the crew is the captain. He makes life and death decisions every day, and the last thing he needs to be thinking in a critical situation is, gee, I wish this chair wasn't such a pain in the ass. (laughs) 
I like Trip. He's probably maybe my favorite uh, character on Enterprise. He just I like it because he just kind of tells it like it is. Of course, he's being affected by the the, the space uh, radiation in the area, like everyone else. But his task, his little obsession in this episode, is the captain's chair. Archer tells him at one point that he never has felt real comfortable in the chair. He doesn't like sitting in it, and so uh, Trip starts to just tear the whole thing apart, look for you know problems, squeaks, adjust it, tweak it. Uh, and it's just funny because he he just goes crazy with it. He wants to even add a cup holder to it, and of course, Paul there doesn't understand until she starts to figure out that this you know area of space that they're in starts to make everyone make the crew go kind of wacko. And uh, but he's you know I got to fix the chair. Got to fix the captain's chair. He's uh, you got to be the you know most comfortable and most prepared and you know guy on the ship. So uh, it's it's funny. And again, I, I like the relationship between those two characters a lot too, between Trip and T'Pol uh, over the years on Enterprise. I have to get to the bridge. I'm giving you an order. If I don't finish those upgrades, I could get a reprimand. It'll be in my permanent record. You have far more to worry about than a blemish on your record. Do you see there? Hmm? Your cortical scan shows elevated levels of serotonin and several other neurotransmitters. What does that mean? I'll let you know. Once I've completed the microsection. Can't I wait until after my shift? Absolutely not. If the captain doesn't think I can handle my duties, I'll be scrubbing plasma conduits on D-Deck for the next five years. I could be court-martialed. And what if you're carrying a protocystian spore? Hmm? And you infect the rest of the crew. How will that reflect on you? Hmm? Or what if you suddenly suffer a seizure at the helm because you've contracted andronesian encephalitis? Now, there is something wrong with you, Ensign. And I intend to find out what it is. So the next scene there, you're hearing Travis, uh, you know, who's usually the pilot and navigator of the ship, talking to uh, Dr. Phlox. First he comes in, he's just got this little headache, and of course... The doctor, his obsession becomes, whoa, why do you have a headache? And he starts examining uh, Travis and, and doing more detailed scans. And now he wants to, like, cut into his head and see what's wrong with him. It's just, a, you know, he comes in with this simple headache, which is actually kind of a little bit of a sign, I think, in the episode that, where somebody's actually physically being affected. Most of the episode, you only really see people sort of mentally be, sort of breaking down and, and becoming you know, a little bizarre in their behavior, but it also starts to affect them a little physically too, eventually as the episode goes on. So I, that's a fun scene. And Flox is always a good character and, and Travis and putting those two together. I like how they paired up certain characters in this episode as well. Anson, if we don't serve something soon, we're going to have a riot on our hands. Is this too salty? not right. Hand me the Kratasin spice. I'll add it to the stock. Oh, and I'm out of carrots. There are 25... Carrots! With all due respect, you've been cooking the same meal over and over again. I believe I'm in charge of the galley. I understand You're relieved. Ma'am. Yeah, so that scene is is Hoshi. She has been put in charge of the galley for for a couple of days because Chef is out sick, and and she she starts to work on some uh, Japanese recipes, you know, that she has from her mother and her family. And 
I think there's a scene where Reed comments that, that you know it's a little too salty, and she starts to go nuts with the recipe, making it over and over, obsessing over it, and all that. And it, it, it's another good character moment. You can see everyone's trying to to make things a little better, a little perfect. And and Hoshi's in there in the galley, and I, I like the thing about Enterprise where they didn't just have replicators for everything, and they actually made food, and they had a chef, and you know when the captain would have his meal, chef would bring things in. Although you never really saw chef, I don't think in the entire run of Enterprise until uh, the very last episode where he, he is sort of played by Riker. Uh, if you've seen that episode, you know what I'm talking about. I think that's how that went. But anyway, it's it's funny to see Hoshi outside of the bridge and doing something a little different. It wasn't long before I realized the odd behavior wasn't limited to Commander Tucker. In fact, everyone I encountered was acting strangely, growing consumed with matters that seemed trivial at best. I also discovered that although I appeared to be immune, the captain was not. And one common kind of device that they use in this episode is, you know, with this little bit of voiceover, although Enterprise, well, not just Enterprise, but Trek in general has always been able to get away with that pretty easily because they sort of have these log reports, captain's log, maybe other officers giving reports, and they can do a voiceover scene and situation very easily. T'Pol is, of course, talking about it. She's the only one that's kind of left rational on the ship. And the even the episode starts off with her giving a report about what's going on, and then they sort of flash back to how it started. Another common kind of uh, technique in, in TV movies and so forth where they show you something kind of dramatic, and then they say, and now it's two days later, and then they kind of get you up to that. They kind of tease you, get you in, interested, hey, how did all the crew start to get like this? And then they show you what, how, it, how it happened later. And she gives these reports throughout the episode. Report! The crew's response was unacceptable. 38% of them failed to report to their stations. Critical systems haven't been secured. I haven't even heard from engineering. Shut up that damn noise! Shut it off! I don't recall authorizing a tactical drill. Well, it wouldn't be much of a drill if everybody knew about it, sir. One minute and 15 seconds. What? It took you one minute and 15 seconds to reach your post. I'd expect more of our commanding officer, given that the crew just might follow his example. Cap! One minute and 49 seconds. You might want to see this, sir. Interactive status displays, secondary helm control, it's even got inertial micro-dampers. The ship could be shaken apart and you'd hardly feel a thing. You ignored a tactical alert for this! I want to run some colors by you for the headrest. This is all a big joke to you! Give it a rest! This isn't a bloody pleasure cruise. Without proper discipline on this ship, this mission is doomed. Why don't you go play soldier somewhere else? If this were a military situation, you'd be taken out and shot. Hey! Hey, 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 hey! I don't care what color the headrest is or whether it can serve me iced tea. I just want a place to sit when I'm on duty. And if I hear that alarm one more time, I may have you taken out and shot. So now things are really starting to heat up. There's a lot of tension. You know, they everyone, they're, they're, each of their obsessions, they think, is the, is the most important thing in the universe and that they're working on, regardless of what anyone else is doing. You know, Trip is there talking about his, 
you know, the captain's chair and all the modifications he's trying to make or wants to make. And then Reed's over there talking about the tactical thing and saying the ship isn't ready and everyone doesn't have discipline. And then Archer's trying to, you know, push them apart and keep them from killing each other. It's, uh, again, this is later in the episode and things are getting pretty heated up. So <laughs> it's just a fun episode to watch. And, and again, I, I love the different character moments and, and what everyone gets uh, hooked into. It's not that simple. If we go back the way we came, we'll spend two more days in the radiation field. I've chartered a course that'll have us clear of the radiation in less than 17 minutes. Lousy coffee. But we'll have to pass within two million kilometers of the black hole. There's considerable debris and gravitational shear. Someone needs to pilot Enterprise while I determine the course corrections. Travis. He's been sedated. I'm in no condition to fly a starship. We have no other choice. So to that scene there, you're, you're, uh, this episode, you know, is a lot like the Naked Time or the Naked Now of uh, earlier treks. There, uh, Paul takes Archer, sort of tosses him in his shower, get, you know, throwing some water on him, gets him some black coffee, and tries to kind of almost sober him up. But it's not really, they're not really acting drunk. It's just more obsessive, compulsive kind of behavior. I'm kind of surprised they didn't try to bring in, you know, maybe... She finds out it's kind of a radiation situation. There wasn't some kind of radiation, you know, medication she couldn't run and get and shoot Archer up with that. You know, just throws him in a, a cold shower, gives him a little coffee, and then he's good to go. Well, he's not really good to go, but he's a little better. And he's probably the least, you know, affected by everything. He's just trying to work on this uh, article for about his uh, father for this book. And, you know, they always also do in these episodes, the captain is kind of almost the guy who, you know, can kind of tough it out the best. And I'm okay with that. It works for me. And it's it's kind of nice to see him take the, you know, helm and take the controls of the Enterprise and fly them out of danger in this next clip. We need face cannons. They take too long to charge. Online. It must be part of the new security protocol. Fire! Any more surprises? 
Nothing on sensors. So they manage, of course, to fly their way out, and, and, and everything's okay, and everyone kind of recovers. It was nice to see that, that Reed's, you know, tactical alert situation where the Enterprise, when it started to get hit by debris, everything clicked on, you know, the weapons came on and all that. So it, it really helped them in the, in the end, and that leads to this next clip. You wanted to see me, Captain. I did. When... Tapal and I were navigating the debris field. Your tactical alert went off. I heard, sir. I've already deactivated the new protocols. You shouldn't have. They brought the weapons online right when we needed them. If you have no objection, I'd like to make it standard procedure. No objection, sir. You still need to work on that alarm. I'll get right on it. Yeah, so Malcolm gets to have his tactical alert, and it gets used then pretty much from then on uh, in Enterprise in, in slightly adjusted in different forms. But it definitely helps them out uh, considerably. And uh, even though, of course, you know, in Trek they've always said the starships, they're not really warships per se except i guess in a couple of cases with like the defiant and deep space nine they still need to be able to protect themselves and be able to be quick about it feels better what'd you do cross your legs what'd you do seems totally different i lowered it by one centimeter <laughs> That's all. Didn't have time to install the new status displays or the inertial micro dampers, but uh, if you give me a couple of days. I think this will be fine, Commander. Thanks. How about I just attach the cup holder? This will be fine. Well, there you have uh, my look at the second season episode of Enterprise called Singularity. Again, it's a fun episode. I like uh, that we get an insight into the characters some more. Maybe not quite what they're really all about, but maybe a little bit of uh, you know what they uh, have going on in their heads and in the back of their minds sometimes. It's a fun episode with some serious moments, too. I, I like that uh, there's one scene that I, you know, never comes across in audio, but uh, there's a scene in, that I didn't play where Phlox is about ready to operate on Travis, has got him all rigged up. He's holding a scalpel right over his head, and T'Pol walks in on him, and 
you know, he's like, I'm a, you know, going to do all this. And she, of course, knows he's being affected and crazy. And she just kind of, he's like, get your hand off me, Commander. And then she kind of just moves around behind him and just does the little Vulcan nerve pinch and he falls to the floor. And I, I just, there's something about the way she just casually does that that I like. But uh, fun episode, Singularity. Check it out. Uh, again, you can find that streaming on the forum. Or, you know, rent the Enterprise DVDs or buy them or whatever. You can uh, watch it yourself. And uh, I'm going to take a short break. I'll be back, and we'll be wrapping up the show with uh, a couple of things about a collectible and a few other topics. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. And we're the host of a brand new podcast, Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast of the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season, be it Season 2, which is currently airing on MSN Video, or Season 3, which is in the early pre-production stage. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! Yeah, definitely check out Kenny and Jenny's podcast. Uh, that's kind of an old promo where actually uh, they've been going and doing their podcast excuse me, for quite some time now. And uh, a lot of episodes out for that. And they're also now airing uh, the third season of The Guild. Watch The Guild. You can learn learn about that, of course, the, the cool web series, Felicia Day's project, along with a lot of other people's help uh, over at watchtheguild.com. The videos show up on Tuesdays. Over at MSN Video, also you can uh, see them on Xbox Live as well. So check it out. Great series, a lot of fun to watch. Okay, the collectible that I want to talk about this week is a little different. Uh, uh, It is uh, a gentleman uh, named Alan uh, who has a a website and business uh, called Sticker Foo. That's Sticker, S-T-I-C-K-E-R-F-U. Oops, that didn't sound right. Stickerfoo.com. Anyway, what he does over on this website is he makes the kind of clear uh, letters and word stickers that you see in the back of car windows primarily. You know, you may see one of those stickers that has a, a university, you know, like my kids have one in their car, Michigan State University, it says. But he is doing these stickers related to, you know, things like sci-fi, fantasy, things like uh, things related to Trek, like uh, Starfleet Academy sticker, things related to Star Wars Jedi Academy stickers, uh, also some things related to Harry Potter and other areas. Uh, Really cool stuff, very low-priced and inexpensive. And on top of that, if you go over to StickerFoo.com, I'll have links in the podcast notes and on the main website, on the forum, and everywhere. If you uh, order some stickers from him and use the code TREKSFTREKSF, I can't spell, it's my domain, website, and so forth. Anyway, TREKSF, and use that code on your checkout, you can save 10% on your order. So uh, definitely go over and check out StickerFoo and what he's got over there. Some cool stuff for your car, your windows, wherever you want to put these on your cat, dog. Well, maybe that wouldn't be a good idea. Probably get the SPCA on you for that. But anyway, some good stuff. Very nice done, nicely done and uh, good quality. So check out StickerFoo.com. 
Once you've finished listening to the excellent Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, why don't you pop over to our podcast? We're called Waffle On. And every few weeks, we'll be discussing a classic television show broadcast on British TV between 1960 and 1990. And we'll be talking about British-made, US-made and Australian-made shows. So come waffle on with us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com or simply head to iTunes and type in Waffle On. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Okay, well, we're just about at the end of this week's uh, Treks and Sci-Fi podcast, a little shorter than uh, normal and average, probably mostly because they didn't play the entire Enterprise episode. And it, it's kind of nice to have a quicker, cleaner uh, show, I think. Uh, I, I, it was fun to do a clip show instead of the full episode. I, I'm going to try to do that maybe, f- do that a little bit more often than I have in the last maybe few months. I've been doing more episode you know, playing them and commenting, and uh, there's something good about both ways. Sometimes if I have a little more time, like I had a little more time this morning, so collecting up the clips and doing it that way works out a little bit better. Anyway, what I'll tell you now is the upcoming on the podcast next week is going to be a guest-hosted Treks in Sci-Fi with Billy Bob or Joe from Canada on the forums. He is going to be covering the very cool Star Trek movie, from eh, not that long ago is it about 10 years now i think it is called uh the movie's going to be looking at uh is called free enterprise and if you haven't seen free enterprise uh, yet uh, i would highly recommend that you rent it buy it uh buy it really because it's a an excellent movie i'm not going to say a lot because i know joe's going to cover it in great detail and do a good job next weekend but that is going to be coming up or is coming up on next week's treks in sci-fi for uh, next weekend's show. After that, the week after that, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be looking at Clone Wars, the animated series. Uh, that'll be the next weekend. Primarily, I'll be looking at Season 1, but we'll probably be talking a little bit about Season 2 and what we've seen uh, by the time I get to that podcast, which will be in two weeks. And I think that will take me up to uh, going to do kind of a special Halloween podcast. for the. That'll be October 25th weekend. I would love to get a lot of audio comments about anything Halloween-related, and especially comments on... I'm going to be looking at a couple of classic old, old horror movies. The original Frankenstein uh, and the original... Uh, I think it was Dracula was the one I picked. It was either that or going to be Wolfman. But yeah, I'm going to be looking at Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, you know, Frankenstein with Boris Karloff and Dracula with Bela Lugosi. And uh, I've got those movies. I've watched them several times. And I hope I'll try to do them justice and talk about some of the background and detail on those films. If anyone wants to send in, in audio comments about any of these upcoming podcasts, you can always send those in anytime to treksf at gmail.com. And I'll kind of hang on to them and play them when the podcasts come up. You know, you don't necessarily have to wait to, you know, a day or two before a particular show. I know people are busy. Some weeks are busy than others. So if, uh, you know, if you hear me talking about this and it strikes your uh, fancy, to talk about any of these subjects coming up or any movies or books or TV that you've been seeing and, and want to comment on, send uh, those audio comments in. MP3s are best, and just email them to me, and I'll play them on the show. So, again, thanks, everyone, for listening this week to Treks and Sci-Fi. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks to those who have recently donated to the podcast. If you'd like to donate, there are links on the main website at treksandsci-fi.com. 
uh, I guess that's about it. Going to be, be hearing a few more sponsors coming up on the show over the next few weeks related to uh, my association with Mevio.com right now. And you can uh, listen and watch uh, old podcasts. It's pretty up-to-date over there as well. Just go to Mevio, M-E-V-I-O.com, and search for Treks and Sci-Fi. I think I've got some links on the main page as well, and if I don't, I'll put them up soon. So take care, everyone. I will talk to you well in two weeks. Next week, again, is going to be Joe with Looking at Free Enterprise. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye for this week, and I'm now signing off for Treks and Sci-Fi. podcast released under creative commons license 3.0 which basically means share it with everyone you know your friends family dog see y'all next time take care until then goodbye goodbye